Welcome to episode 90. Nine zero. We are 90% of the way to my original goal. It's pretty cool, honestly. Uh, what is autophagy and should you use it? I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard the words or if you've been into the keto or intermittent fasting space in any way, you might have come across the word autophagy. Uh, so, what we're talking about today, what is it? Is intermittent fasting the best way to get there? How do I induce it? And what are the benefits? That's what we're chatting about on today's episode. So, if you want to know the answer to, well, all of those things, jump into this. I'm also going to let you know a little bit about how to deep clean your house without moving out. It seems random, but it'll make sense soon. <laughs> Let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Got something special for you today. But first, it's my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want by December 2020. And so what's so special about today? I bet you're wondering, what's going on? What's going on on episode 90? Well, it's just me. Your boy, Maddie, flying solo. <laughs> Depending when you join the podcast Airwaves, you might remember I used to do a lot of solo episodes talking about all sorts of topics and I actually really love going deep on individual topics, but we just had so many guests knocking on the door that I really wanted to interview, get to know and you know just learn from them and have you learn from them, right? So, it just ended up that it was just interview after interview after interview. But today, we're going back to the old days of just a year and a half ago (laughs) and putting on uh, Maddie's mini masterclass. Oh, I just came up with that. Uh, Maddie's mini masterclass, mini masterclasses with Maddie. That could work. Something like that could work. Um, Anyway, bit of alliteration going on there for our marketing nuts that are listening in. Anyway, today, we're going to talk about cellular recycling otherwise known as autophagy. Have you heard of autophagy? If you've listened to my episodes on intermittent fasting, then you'll know a little bit about autophagy. But on today's episode, I really want to get it out there and have you understand exactly why stimulating autophagy really is super important and especially healthy for human function. And more importantly, to these two things, longevity and disease prevention. So, if you want to know about those, stay on the line, right? Because we all want those. <laughs> it's, it's a universal thing. Uh, and they really do go hand in hand, longevity and disease prevention, right? It seems like basic logic, and it is. And before we get started, I just want you to know too, I've just launched my intermittent fasting Facebook group focused on burning fat, clearing brain fog, improving gut health, and boosting energy levels. So, uh, if you want a more interactive experience than just having me yelling down your ear hole, (laughs) then head over to the link in the show notes below. So, while you're listening to this episode, just go scroll down below, click on the link in the show notes to join the Facebook group, and be sure to answer the entry questions. I can't let you in if you don't answer those because that's what the software does. Um, Do that. Jump into the group. I'll give you a shout out, and it'll be awesome. Okay? Voila. We'll be friends on Facebook or at least in the Facebook group. And you'll be hanging out with a couple of like-minded people, a couple of hundred like-minded people, uh, all looking to take action with their health and nutrition. So, you will be in safe hands. Alrighty, cellular recycling and autophagy. 
or some people say autophagy, but there's a very big enunciation debate out there about that. But autophagy rolls off the tongue for me in my Australian accent. So today's show is going to be kind of a one sheet, a bit of a checklist, if you will, of the most important stuff you need to know about autophagy. So we're just going to, we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about what it is, how it works, uh, the benefits, which is why everybody's here, let's be honest, uh, to hear about the benefits. Um, but understanding a little bit about how you can kick it off each day or at different periods in the month or the year, I think is really powerful. Um, and, and we've got a, got a couple of uh, classic analogies that uh, will help you grasp the concept. So, uh, let's get into it. So, fasting or intermittent fasting, but uh, inc- also including water fasting is often referred to as Mother Nature's oldest and most powerful medicine. And fasting induces autophagy. This is arguably the reason that fasting has had that reputation for thousands of years. And a little fun fact was that the discovery of autophagy was awarded a Nobel Prize in 2016 uh, because of the work of Professor Yoshinori Ashumi and his work into the field of autophagy and cellular recycling in yeast particularly, uh, which is pretty cool. And so, fasting lowers arguably the most common factor in all disease, and that is inflammation. So, fasting allows the lowering of inflammation which and fasting results in autophagy, uh, which reduces the likelihood of metabolic diseases, reduces the likelihood of cardiovascular diseases, reduces the likelihood of neurodegenerative diseases, and reduces the capacity for tumor development. Now, the word autophagy, or if you break it down, autophagy, literally means to eat thyself. Right, it's a it's a word that is is that is characterizes the recycling mechanism in which it behaves. And so, I want to frame this by starting with a, a the concept of just your house or your apartment. So, imagine that you've just moved into a new place, right? And then time passes, and as time passes, and for those of us that have lived in multiple places, and I definitely have lived in way too many houses <laughs> in my adult life, but. I want you to think like the for each of the houses you've lived in, the longer that you live there, the more things that accumulate, right? The more stuff we keep just in random spots that we hide away and we just have more time to get comfortable to the point that we accumulate crap and also little little things like cupboard doors and, and you know, um, problems with the carpet and your furniture being clawed by an animal like your pet or something like that, you know, all of these little bits of damage start to accumulate in the apartment or in the house the longer that you're there. And the longer that, that you're there, the more things accumulate, right? And it becomes cluttered. It becomes cluttered. And, you, and like, so you could think of this in some ways as, as aging or as like in the body, in the human body, or which, or as the accumulation of things that will lead to disease. So, it's just, you know, in, you've lived inside your body for ever, <laughs> for as long as you've lived there. And across time, with all the different exposures that we have to, uh, you know, different toxins, to um, unfavorable foods, to stressful experiences, to years and years and years of, of uh, poor sleep quality and a lack of sleep, we're accumulating this damage. We're accumulating this clutter, okay? So, it's just like the, living in a house for a long time. Same kind of deal, right? So, I want you to think about autophagy as the mechanism that recycles the crap in your apartment, right? Or in your body. So, it's the idea of autophagy is when we initiate it, we can actually start to declutter our house without having to move out. 
we don't have to move out and give a huge monstrous bag to you know the uh, charity bin and the garbage bin gets the most of it right <laughs> gets most of it uh, right so the idea is that you can stay in the apartment or house you're living in with autophagy but you can sell stuff and the beautiful thing is with the money that you get from the stuff you sell you buy more stuff. You buy the right stuff. You you buy uh, you know the, you get the carpet fixed. You get the couch fixed. You get the cupboard door in the kitchen fixed. You know you get the oven cleaned. So you do this exchange, right? You do this exchange, but you hand over all the broken bits and pieces and the clutter that you don't need that you've accumulated, and you get back money to buy and upgrade the stuff in your house or appropriately. Your cells. It's exactly the same for your cells. That's why we're using this example, right? So, the idea of autophagy is that it cleans out the crap in your cells that's accumulated so that your cells can live and be healthy, right? And function as normal. Uh, And as we get older, most people that don't have a history or regular routine of initiating autophagy, obviously, they develop disease, right? And in the apartment example, the disease you would develop, the 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 disease that you would develop is becoming a hoarder, <laughs> right? With just heaps of random gross stuff everywhere and broken things just being collected for no good reason. So that's 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 the basic analogy that I want you to think about autophagy. So what happens with autophagy? How do we how do we turn it on? What what's what's the go? So in your cells, uh, what forms when we do initiate autophagy is the autophagosome, right? And what it does is it forms around the things that need to be recycled, right? So it kind of collects the things that need to be picked up and even complete cells uh, from time to time as well, as well as intracellular pathogens and viruses, which are most often a result of detox, cellular detoxification. And not only that, but misfolded proteins uh, that, that collect inside the cell because they can't do anything because they've been misfolded. And what do I mean by a misfolded protein? So imagine a manufacturing plant where they're just pumping out, you know, thousands of the same thing. Every now and then you get one that kind of went a bit wrong and it's been squashed or broken or created in a way that's not how it's meant to be. That's the exact concept of a misfolded protein as our as our cells are pumping out these proteins all the time, but every now and then, depending on which uh, factor intrinsic or extrinic, extrinsically has resulted in the misfolding, but it spits out a protein that is folded in the wrong way. Therefore, it just is one of the things that accumulates in the cell because it can't do what it was meant to do, right? So, this kind of stuff, the pathogens, the viruses, misfolded proteins, you know, and all the broken stuff is often caused by damaged mitochondria. Now, mitochondria is like a power plant. So, it's like the power plant's the energy center of your cell, right? So, that's where uh, a lot of things initially go wrong. And uh, one of the major factors, and I've got a few guests coming up uh, regarding the metabolic approach to cancer. And I've actually had some guests on talking about this already. Uh, and the, the belief is or the research is showing in this field that the core of uh, all sorts of diseases is the metabolism going wrong inside the mitochondria. So, a lifelong exposure to a terrible high-carb, you know, refined sugar diet, uh, you know, the, following the food pyramid, doing all these, you know, living in toxic cities for too long and breathing pollution and breathing in brake dust and all sorts of stuff that we do, you know, results in dysfunctional mitochondria, right? But obviously, the whole concept of autophagy allows us to actually start repairing some of this stuff because there's a thing called mitophagy. Mitophagy 
technology is the recycling of mitochondria, which is exactly what we want to do because a, a lot of those energy centers have been going for a very long time, right? And we need to knock those buildings over and rebuild them because they're inefficient, they're old, they're haggard, they're doing a few things wrong, they're misfolding stuff left, right and center, right? So we really want to be able to initiate autophagy in order to extract the best energy out of our mitochondria rather than run, rather than them run so inefficiently that they're actually causing us more problems, right? Um, and so inside the cell, back to inside the cell, so the, or, there's an autophagosome that goes around and collects all of these components and it connects with a thing called the lysosome. So um, we don't really have them in Australia, but they do in the US, but they have garbage disposals in their kitchen, right? So the lysosome is just like the, the garbage disposal. It comes in in order to lyse, or destroy, or metabol- uh, or digest rather, the, the components that are inside the autophagosome. So the autophagosome and the lysosome come together and they break down all of these components and pathogens and viruses and proteins that were dysfunctional and really needed to be cleared out of your apartment, right? They, they, the lysosome is essentially the guy that comes to collect the charity bin, right? <laughs> he takes it away. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that once this process has happened, what comes out of the lysosome and the autophagosome, what is excreted from the cell or secreted from the cell is all of the original components. So this stuff is broken down into its free fatty acids and its fundamental amino acids, which is the building blocks. These things are the building blocks for life, right? For componentry in the body. So this is this is essentially what you get back. You get, you get to break down the, the broken stuff and what you get in return, instead of money for the stuff you get rid of in your apartment, you get the raw components to build new things. It's, it's amazing. It's such an impressive mechanism of the body. And when you think back to a time when we were going regularly between feast and famine cycles, if we were in, in an extended period of feast, and obviously our body was storing that as body fat, of course we needed a period of famine in which autophagy was initiated, right? So that it could clear out the stuff that we got in our body. And it's the same with, you know, different, you know, our body is looking, our body's always looking to be optimal, right? That's its natural drive is to be optimal, depending on where you are in your life, because some people have spent so long on the wrong side of the conversation that things are permanently dysfunctional. But that is such a tiny percentage of people. I believe that most people can actually make positive change through diet and lifestyle irrelevant of their circumstance. But it makes total sense that we have a mechanism like this because obviously when we're in times of abundance, our body's going to store all this stuff and it's going to be in what's called an anabolic phase. So building, it doesn't necessarily mean building muscle, but it could be building storage in the body, whether it be fat, build, you know, but building cells, building up the body to store it. And guess what? If we don't take that stuff out of storage, like you know, the towels in the back closet of your apartment that have been there forever in the dark, they might start growing mold, right? So it makes sense that autophagy would come in so that those things that have been stored there forever don't become so so dysfunctional that they're detrimental to the human body. And so then autophagy clears those things out. It makes so much sense. And it's so relevant to a world where we are permanently in an anabolic state. So we've got anabolism and catabolism. I always remember catabolism as like cannibalism, <laughs> the body eating itself, right? The body breaking down and anabolism is building up, right? So bodybuilders are always trying to induce anabolism because they want to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But people that are eating all the time and not going to the gym are also inducing anabolism, but they're just creating different cells, right? 
And in a world where we eat so much all the time, you know, from the second we wake up to the second we sleep, digesting through our sleep, you know, we're constantly in an anabolic state and we never get to uh, induce autophagy. We never get to turn it on because we're never allowing our body to be in a catabolic state, right? So, once our body does get a chance to get into that catabolic state, right, it breaks through the lysosome and the autophagosome, it breaks them down to the original amino acids, the free fatty acids, all these different components, breaks them down into that. And then we're able to build new, healthy, functioning components. But there is a question that I often get. Can you have too much autophagy and when is it bad and yes you can because you know think that's why i say catabolism remember cannibalism it's the body breaking itself down of course you can have too much of breaking yourself down that eventually becomes legitimate starvation (laughs) nobody wants that right so you can definitely have too much however the common uh belief out there is that starvation happens much much sooner than it does in fact happen you know most humans can go several uh days to weeks even without any food and be totally fine. It's actually been a uh, fasting clinics have been a normal part of the Russian healthcare system since about the 1920s, 1930s. Um, It's a very normal, healthy process. Uh, But we've been sold a lot of lies and a lot of myths, which is no surprise by big pharma, by the government, by big food, big agriculture about how much we need to eat and the types of food we need to eat. So the, the reality is that most humans will be okay. However, I am not your doctor. I'm not a doctor at all, in fact. I'm a scientist and I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just educating you on the capacities of the human body. But yes, there are times that it's bad when it becomes legitimate starvation. Uh, That's not good. Um, It it also can cause, autophagy can cause some, it's a small number, a a small number of bacterial infections to be promoted and can have its actual mechanisms hijacked by cancer and essentially steal the nutrition. So the idea of autophagy is obviously that we recycle the components. We break down the old and build the new. But sometimes there's a few cancers that it can actually hijack this mechanism and as we break down the old stuff, it just feeds the cancer cells instead of building new healthy cells, right? So this is a this is a very small uh, number of uh, cancers that this falls into, but it's it's not always great. And so for that reason, we still want we still want mechanisms of uh, autophagy to stimulate autophagy because even though these cancers are stealing the nutrition, remember most people that have got cancer, they're also dosing themselves up on huge volumes of extremely toxic medication. And so it's this you know you've got to find this balance between turning autophagy on and off because autophagy has amazing detoxification uh, mechanisms and clears out those damaged cells, which there's no doubt toxic pharmaceuticals damage cells, right? On all sorts of levels. So, you know, work with your medical practitioner that is open to nutritional approaches to uh, recovering health. Even if you go with the conventional cancer therapy, you really want somebody in there, a nutritional therapist or a doctor that's got some type of interest in this field so that you can actually work on figuring out, you know, Where's the balance between autophagy on, autophagy off, autophagy on, autophagy off? Anyway, this is um, this is kind of more of a disclaimer, but this is a very small subset of uh, sort of areas, diseases, issues, challenges that uh, autophagy is not ideal for. But for the most part, it's amazing and we should all be doing our best to switch it on regularly. Um, so when does it begin? <clears throat> so we don't really have a measurement of exactly where it begins, but the general consensus in sort of the intermittent fasting, fasting community is that you really need to go to 18 hours of fasting 
with and by fasting I mean water and salt only. 18 hours is needed to properly switch into autophagy and to get the absolute maximum benefits that are researched, uh, it's sort of two to three days, 48 hours to 72 hours, some real magic in your gastrointestinal tract happens. It's phenomenal. I do a two to three, uh, sorry, I do a three to five day water fast about once every two to three months. So it sort of happens four to six times a year, maybe more. And it's just, it's the best that I ever feel. And once you have that experience, you will then then sort of you, you go down the feeding window again. You go into back into feasting, let's say, and you get to a point every few months where you're just like, I just feel so full of clutter. I feel like my apartment is just full of random stuff and I need to go through the process again. And it just it's it's such a beautiful cycle. And it's closer to what the what our ancestors, where our where our genetics were in their optimal state. It's closer to where they or how they would have functioned normally to get the most out of their body. They would have done it more naturally due to the absence of food and the need need to go and hunt it. But it's just a phenomenal feeling and I highly recommend it as long as you do it with a practitioner that really knows what they're doing and as long as you do not take a toxic diet culture approach. I mean, this is the reason I created my Intermittent Fasting Facebook group and the link is in the show notes for that. So I created it because in many of these groups that have 10, 20, 50, hundreds of thousands of people it's the blind leading the blind and it's toxic diet culture for days and you will ruin all sorts of parts of your your mindset your metabolism your gut health when you take extreme toxic diet culture approaches to intermittent fasting or water fasting so don't do that i'm not telling you to go and do that i'm telling you that you've got to do it in a healthy progressive way and you've probably heard me say this and i do that with do this with my uh program and the clients in my program and that is one tweak a week that's how you should progress forward so what are the benefits of initiating autophagy and cleaning out our cells that have rarely had an opportunity to be cleansed so Autophagy helps regulate mitochondrial function. We've already sort of touched on that one. It also protects the nervous system against injury and disease by cleaning out plaques. There's a whole uh, subset of diseases called referred to as the amyloid diseases or the amyloid plaques, which is a feature of Alzheimer's and dementia. So because people uh, don't actually initiate a... Um, a process called glymphatic drainage. And yes, I said G, 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 glymphatic, not lymphatic. So that's why uh, Alzheimer's and dementia are being referred to in different ways as type 3 diabetes because the glymphatic process of clearing out those amyloid beta plaques from your brain, which is one of the major reasons that Alzheimer's and dementia happen, is because of a huge buildup over decades and decades and decades, and it takes many years before the physical symptoms of Alzheimer's are present. So, th- this problem is often building up for decades before you're even aware. But of course, it's different for everybody. But the point is, it takes a long time for the physical symptoms to be there, well, you know, memory loss and starting to forget things and getting lost. But it's taken decades before that for these things to build up, right? So, this is why it's being referred to as type 3 diabetes because sugar, high sugar, high carb diets for an excessive period of time equal what? They equal high insulin, which results in insulin resistance. Insulin resistance prevents the glymphatic mechanism from clearing out the amyloid beta plaques from the brain, okay? So, this is a reason, another reason we want to initiate autophagy because it means that insulin will be low. You can't have, you can't really have high insulin in a state of peak autophagy, right? 
We need it low and therefore the glymphatic mechanism is able to work. And so the, ne- the next thing is it boosts and balances your immune system, removes pathogens and toxins from the cell because obviously we're clearing out a bunch of the crap. It protects your DNA. We definitely want this, right? There's no doubt about that. Uh, it can assist in the recovery of brain injuries for similar reasons to which I just shared about um, you know, the different neurological diseases, uh, fights against disease, cancer, neurological disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, it's thought to benefit immune, autoimmune diseases as well. It's also, this, this will be interesting for anybody that wants to lose weight. It also reduces skin sag, which if a healthy fat loss approach is applied, it should happen in coordination with a healthy with healthy fat loss. A lot of people go into these hardcore toxic diet culture, you know, fat loss approaches and yeah, they burn a heap of fat, but because they've done it at such an unnatural pace and in an unhealthy way, there's all this skin left over. Now, I'm not saying that autophagy is the, you know, the saving grace for your for reducing your skin but it will actually reduce skin sag okay it will if you initiate it the body will start cleaning out that stuff and this is where it becomes important to understand that you need to be healthy to lose weight not lose weight to be healthy right and that's exactly the kind of behavior and structure that i have in my online program the ultimate energy upgrade because it's really important for people to take a progressive approach and for their body their whole body to move in the right direction proportionally with one another, right? With each part of the body, okay? So, there are a few of the benefits and they're they're not just a few benefits. They're actually all friggin' massive, (laughs) like massive, massive, massive. We, We need to be initiating them all, all the time, right? Uh, or, or frequently rather, not necessarily all the time, but frequently. And so, I guess to come full circle, what other ways in which we can do this? How do we initiate autophagy? How do we induce it? And to sort of go, uh, go back to where we started, it's fasting. Fasting is the oldest medicine, the most natural, most powerful medicine, right? And so, in order to do all of these things that you know, modern science research is starting to show that all have longevity benefits, that all have anti-aging benefits, that have all these, um, you know, neuroprotective and DNA protective and disease uh, reduction capabilities. The one of the biggest ways is fasting. So, there's there's actually three ways that you can induce autophagy, right? So, nutritional ketosis. So, that's eating a low-carb, high-fat diet or a healthy version of a keto diet. There's uh, so many products and brands out there that... uh, leverage the keto name uh, that, you know, it's a marketing thing, okay? So, when you're on a keto diet, it's really just whole real foods. Anything outside of that is um, you're getting sucked into the marketing. Uh, but we all, that happens to all of us from time to time. Anyway, nutritional ketosis. Why why is this going to induce autophagy? Because remember, autophagy happens when insulin is low, which means if insulin is low, it means that we're on the either on the way or already at a low blood glucose level. And when we go down with our blood glucose, what does our body do? Our mitochondria start accessing the body fat to pull in the ketones, the ketone bodies, to metabolize them in the in the uh, mitochondria, the energy center of the cell, and then we use use ketone bodies as a fuel source that creates the ATP, right? So, this is, uh, this nutritional ketosis is often a state that will result in uh, autophagy. However, just being in nutritional ketosis is not 
a, a single determinant of being in an uh, autophagic state because you could still be in nutritional ketosis but eating every single hour of the day and your gut isn't going to your gastrointestinal tract isn't going to say actually yeah we're going to we're going to clear out the frontline workers that have been here for a while when they're in full operation of digestion so you know what i mean like so you want to have these these breaks when you're in ketosis uh, from a dietary perspective it means that you'll get into autophagy quicker no doubt about that but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have um, high ketones and low blood sugar that you will be automatically inducing autophagy simply because your gut needs a rest it needs to be salt and water only Um, okay the next one exercise intense exercise the type of exercise you need to do needs to be full on to failure kind of stuff right Um, and of course the final one is fasting intermittent fasting on a regular basis, taking a one tweak a week progressive approach to implement it and, and being guided by people that know what they're doing, right? That know the research, that know how bodies respond, that know how, more importantly, this is the most important part, that know how people respond behaviorally to dietary changes because toxic diet culture and how we get all up in our head is just, it's just really, really, really unfavorable to positive outcomes, okay? So, so to come full circle... From where we started, we are at the Mother Nature's oldest medicine, which is fasting, right? Intermittent fasting, okay? So, um, I'm really passionate about the autophagy benefits of intermittent fasting. I think it's so powerful and I, and I know for a fact myself, that's why I do a regular three to five day water fast. Uh, and by regular, I mean, you know, every couple of months. And that's another option too. If you're, and you're, if you're a healthy person and, you know, you're pretty ha- happy with where your body's at, you know, you don't necessarily need to do hardcore intermittent fasting regimes on a daily basis, right? I mean, we all do naturally anyway. It's just the ratio that changes, as we know. But what I mean is you don't really need to monitor it. Uh, you can just do your quarterly sort of five-day fast and it'll be fine. Like, you'll be able to do things that way. However, however, you can't just dive into that. You need to be a seasoned intermittent faster before you try longer fasts. And you need to take the same one tweak a week approach to doing a three to five day water fast. You can't just be like, right, I've been doing 16, eight for, you know, five years. I'm going to just, I'm going to go 72 hours tomorrow. Like that's not how it works. You need to be progressive in your movement forward. You need to build the hypothetical muscle, right? You need to build the fasting muscle. You can't just go to the gym and lift a hundred kilos after isolation. (laughs) You can't, you're going to do an injury and it's exactly the same for your metabolism. You can't just throw it in the deep end like that. So I think I've got the point across. Autophagy is awesome. It protects all sorts of amazingness. You can induce it with intermittent fasting and actually yeah, fasting and intermittent fasting is the best way that we know and the deepest that you can get into autophagy. Uh, there are some a small category of, of things, of reasons that you wouldn't do intermittent fasting for autophagy, but it is definitely the minority. It's definitely a small list of things and get into it. right and if you want to learn more about this of course jump into my facebook group the intermittent fasting facebook group the link is in the show notes below so do a quick scroll go down there click on the link answer the entry answer the entry questions and jump into the group and i'll give you a shout out in the next few days uh anyway that's about it for me it's been nice been nice hanging out with you here it's uh it's yeah it's been a while since i've done this and i kind of like it 
I kind of like it. Maddie's rants. I can't really rant when I'm going on a, an interview when I don't know where we're going to go with the questions. Most of the interviews are just very organic in nature and they just kind of flow in some type of direction. So it's difficult for me to get on uh, on my high horse like I have just here. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, please, if you loved it, share it with a friend, take a screenshot, put it up in your Instagram story, your LinkedIn story or your LinkedIn post or your Facebook story or just bloody anywhere. Just put it anywhere and tag me. Let the people know. We're trying to grow the How to Not Get Sick and Die community. We're almost at 100 episodes, which is just bloody bonkers and uh, get some more people into the crew. Anyhow, look after yourself. Be safe. Reach out if you need me. Chat soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast or whichever app you use and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.